Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me okay this morning? All right. We are in Leviticus 8 this morning. Leviticus 8, we're going to talk about Aaron and his sons being consecrated as, as the priests of Israel. And we're also going to see the connection between um, them and us. And, and so why are we reading about them being becoming the priests of Israel and, and the consecrations and the, the sacrifices and everything that took place with that? And what does that mean for us? Right. How does how does all that look like to us? So I'm gonna pray and we are gonna jump right into it. Let's go. Father, we love you. We just we just continue, continue, continue to thank you for your word, Lord God. There's so many passages in the in the Bible that when we, we try to read it with our own mind, Father, through through our own lens, it doesn't make any sense and it just leaves us more and more confused, Father. But when we Truly open ourselves up to you and your Holy Spirit, Father. You will, you, you, you will make it all make sense, Father. You will open up our eyes, you will open up our hearts, and we can really see the truth that is in your word, Lord. So, Father, be with us during this time, Lord. And just to speak to us, Father. Continue to reveal what you want to reveal to us today and every day through your word. Father, we praise you for what you're doing, and we just we just Thank you for this time in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So Leviticus 8, and I am reading from the New King James Version. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take Aaron and his sons with him and the garments, the anointing oil, a bull as the sin offering, two rams and a basket of unleavened bread and gather all the congregation together at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And the congregation was gathered together at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And Moses said to the congregation, this is what the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And he put the tunic on them, on, on him, girded him with the sash, clothed him with the robe and put the ephod on him. And he girded him with the intricately, intricately woven band of the ephod and with it tied the ephod on him. Then he put the breastplate on him and he put the Urim and the Thummim in the breastplate and he put the turban on his head. Also on the turban on his front, he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Also Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. He sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all its utensils and the labor and its base to consecrate them. And he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Then Moses brought Aaron's sons and put tunics on them, girded them with sashes and put hats on them as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he brought the bull for the sin offering. Then Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull for the sin offering and Moses killed it. Then he took the blood and put some on the horns of the altar all around with his finger and purified the altar. And he poured the blood at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. 
Then he took all the fat that was on the entrails, the fatty lobe attached to the liver and the two kidneys with their fat. And Moses burned them on the altar. But the bull was tied its flesh and its offal. He burned with fire outside the camp as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he brought the ram as the burnt offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram and Moses killed it. Then he sprinkled the blood all around on the altar. And he cut the ram into pieces and Moses burned the head, the pieces and the fat. Then he washed the entrails and the legs in water, and Moses burned the whole ram on the altar. It was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he brought the second ram, the ram of consecration. Then Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and Moses killed it. So he took some of its blood and put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then he brought... Aaron's sons and Moses put some of the blood on the tips of their right ears, on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet. And Moses sprinkled the blood all around the altar. Then he took the fat and the fat tail, all the fat that was on the entrails, the fatty lobe attached to the liver, the two kidneys and their fat, and the right thigh. And from the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened cake, a cake of bread anointed with oil and one wafer, and put them on the fat on the right thigh. And he put all these in Aaron's hands and his son's hands and waved them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then Moses took from their hands and burned them on the altar on the burnt offering. They were consecration offerings for a sweet aroma. That was an offering made by fire to the Lord. And Moses took the breast and waved it, waved it as a wave offering before the Lord. It was Moses' part of the ram of consecration as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood, which was on the altar, and sprinkled it on Aaron, on his garments, on his sons, and on the garments of his sons with him. And he consecrated Aaron, his garments, his sons, and the garments of his sons with him. And Moses said to Aaron and his sons, boil the flesh at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and eat it there with the bread that is in the basket of consecration offerings, as I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons shall eat it. What remains of the flesh and of the bread you shall burn with fire. And you shall not go outside the door of the tabernacle of meeting for seven days until the days of your consecration are ended. For seven days he shall consecrate you, as he has done this day, so the Lord has commanded to do, to make atonement for you. Therefore you shall stay at the door of the tabernacle of meeting day and night for seven days and keep the charge of the Lord so that you may not die. For so I have been commanded. So Aaron and his sons did all the things that the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses. Amen. All right. That's a whole lot. That's right, June. That's a whole lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. So we're getting right into it. Verse two says, take Aaron and his sons with him. So if we go back to Exodus 29, that records the, the commands of God that he gave to Moses about consecrating Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons were to be the priests of Israel. They came from the tribe of Levi. Levi, the Levites were the priests. Um, we're going to learn soon that um, of Levi, he had three sons, and each of the family of those three sons had uh, a task within the tabernacle, and then later on within the temple. But it was it was Aaron's family specifically that were called to be the priests of Israel, okay? So just because you were born into the tribe of Levi did not mean you were going to be a priest. You had to be a son of Aaron, right? You were specially consecrated. But So now that the temple, the, the tabernacle had been built, 
we spent a lot of time about you know the, the the building and the of a tabernacle and putting all that together now it's built now it's time for the tabernacle to have its priests right and so they had to they had to um uh, be be consecrated they had to be anointed appointed as priests and it had to be a ceremony and exodus 29 1 tells us what the purpose of that ceremony was was um and uh, it says to hollow them for ministering to me as priests the niv version of that says to consecrate them so they may serve me as priests the the, the ceremony was the set the priests apart to set them aside for God's purpose and for God's will. And then Jesus, my brothers and sisters, we are a holy priesthood. We are a royal priesthood, according to 1 Peter 2. So there's, again, there's a lot we can learn from this consecration ceremony. And God wants to set us apart for his purpose, for his will. And, and he's going to use a lot of these principles to accomplish that. So he gave, uh, he says, verse three, gather all the congregation together at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. God gave a specific list of things that needed to be done, things that, need, need, that were needed for the consecration ceremony and commanded that all the congregation gather together to witness the ceremony. This ceremony was not going to be done in secret. It wasn't going to be done in private at all. Verse four, the congregation was gathered together at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. We don't know if this was a huge, large crowd. We don't know if it was, you know, at this point, you know, millions of people that were there. You know, we don't know if it was specific representatives of each tribe that were gathered together. We don't know. But what we do know is that it was a very uh, public ceremony, right? And so, and and as ministers, as pastors, um, when we we're ordained, we we're ordained in public. And there's reasons for this, okay? You know, any church, let alone Fusion Church, we can just bring someone and say, you know, Hominus Dominus, you're a pastor, right? And then people are like, well, well, well who's this cat who just showed up? And he's the 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 the, the pastor of the of uh, of of the bathrooms, like you know, like. But no, there's a specific purpose. There's a specific anointing that has to take place, you know, and it's for, for a couple of reasons. It's so that the, the people that this individual is going to pastor can, can give their approval. Okay. Cause believe it or not, brothers and sisters, you have a say on who pastors you. Right. And you may think, no, I don't. I'm no, I don't. Yes, you do. Because you don't, if you don't like the way you're pastoring, there's plenty of other churches and you can find that pastor that's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear, you know, so, so you can go about your day, but you have a choice. So part of the ceremony is so the people can give their approval of the priests. And so, and also, so, so the, the new, the new priest can, can profess their purpose of obedience. They can tell them like, I, I've been, I believe I've been called and I'm being obedient to the calling of the Lord. Right. And finally, it's so that the whole congregation can pray that God's spirit and the anointing is poured upon that person. And so that's why it's so important that any kind of um, ordination or anything is done publicly. Okay. And just because you may not have been there when, when someone was ordained, doesn't mean that it wasn't done publicly in front of the congregation. 
See, the entire consecration ceremony was God's plan. This wasn't Moses' plan. He didn't come up with this on a whim. You know, no, God wanted the people to have a say. And, and this was, again, this wasn't a ceremony for just anybody within, the, within Israel. It was, it was specifically for Aaron and his sons. And, and so there's there many uh, different ceremonies, consecration ceremonies within Israel, especially in that time. And we're not going to get into all those, but this one was specifically for the priests. It says he washed them with water. The process of consecration began with cleansing. And all priestly ministers began with cleansing and the cleansing that was received. Okay. Because Moses it said, you shall wash them. So they didn't just go and I'm going to I'm gonna go take a bath. I'll be right back. No, they were washed. And this was a humbling experience because it took place publicly at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. People saw this happening. So, so and, and what's what's key for us is that we cannot be cleansed from our sins unless we're humbled first. We have to humbly come before Christ and ask to be forgiven for our sins. It's not like it's not like Jesus is obligated to, to forgive us of our sins. We have to we have to confess our sins. We have to humble humbly do this. And some some Jewish interpreters have said that. Um, they, they were washed by immersion. And what that means? What does that mean? Is that they were baptized. That's one of the beliefs that they were actually baptized. Baptism didn't begin with John the Baptist. Okay. John the Baptist didn't come on the scene, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later after this. And I was like, you know what? I got this crazy idea. I'm going to dunk people in the water. I'm going to add, you know, give, give myself a title. And no, baptism had taken place already. That was something that, that Israel did. So the priests had to be baptized. That's why water baptisms are so important. Okay. Because as we're going to continue with this, you know, um, I'm going to give you a preview to the end of, of this soap. We are all called to be priests. Okay. And so part of being called to be a priest is you have to be baptized. So if you have not been water baptized, brothers and sisters, here in a couple of weeks, we're having water baptisms. So sign up and get baptized. It is so important, right? And, and so, but the, the, the thing about this is that this washing, this cleansing, this baptism was a one-time thing. This was only done when they were first ordained to be the pastors. They were first, excuse me, they're the priests. They were first consecrated to be the priests. And again, like, like these ancient priests, every Christian is, we're, we're washed by the work of God's word, by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. And, and this cleansing work was accomplished by the death of Jesus. We have the same promise that the priests had. And so then verse set, moving on to verse seven, um, it says, and he put a tunic on him. After being cleansed, the priest had to be clothed, but not by his own clothes. Okay, he had to put on garments given by God, designed by God. Okay, and and like these ancient priests, every believer is clothed in Jesus Christ and his righteousness. 
you know, when, you, when you're baptized and you come to a knowledge of who Christ is and you accept him into your life, we are clothed with his righteousness and Jesus goes everywhere we go. That's why it is so important that, you know, we live our right life and we have a relationship with God. So everywhere we go, people see Jesus. You may be the only Jesus anyone ever sees. So how are you representing him today? The priests, when they were wearing these royal garments, these priestly garments, it was very different from what the average Israelite wore. It set them apart. Revelations 3 and 5 says, The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. These are clothes that are given freely by Jesus and are worn by faith. So each of the, the specific articles of clothing that the um, priests wear were specifically made. They were specifically made to show to show the glory and the beauty of what it mean, meant to be a priest. Exodus 28, 2 says, make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. So he was, they, they, they were given a tunic that was woven from fine linen. They were given a sash with a broad woven band that uh, went around, around their midsection. They were given a robe that was blue. It was a seamless robe with bells and decorative, you know, things all around it. The ephod was essentially an apron, um, like garment made of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread. There was a breastplate that they were, that, that they were put on. It was made of gold and it had, blue, purple, and scarlet thread that was attached to the ephod, the apron, with, with gold chains. And it had four rows of three precious stones. And each, so 12 stones on their chest. And on those stones was written each of the tribes of Israel. Right? And by wearing it, the high priest would bear the names of each of the sons of Israel, of Israel, over his heart. So he would remember it. And he was given a, a simple turban with a headpiece, and it had a gold band on the on the turban, and 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 on that band it was written "Holiness to the Lord." Everything had its purpose, and it was symbolic. And what's amazing about it is that it was designed by God. Can you imagine wearing clothes that were designed by God? I'm wearing this hoodie right now, and and, and a pair a pair of gym shorts. God didn't design this. You know, but these <laughs> these these priests, they were wearing garments created by God. That's amazing to me. And it said, moving on to verse 12, he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. The priests of Israel had to be anointed. And the oil is, is a picture of the Holy Spirit being poured over their heads indicating that that it was given a, a great measure not so it wasn't just a little dot like it, if you come out for prayer you know we might take some oil and, and put a little bit on your forehead you know and that's just symbolic but these guys that the the oil was poured over them they were covered in oil psalm 133 2 says it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard the beard of aaron running down on the edge of his garments so much oil was poured over these priests to anoint them, to consecrate them, that it flowed down and it covered them down to the bottom of the, the, the hem of their garments. That's a lot of oil. That's a lot of oil. But again, it's symbolic of, 
of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if the children of Israel understood the idea of the Holy Spirit back then. Okay. I'm, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that well read, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not a theologian yet. However, I do know that it's symbolically they were covering themselves and it was because they, it was the symbolic of the Holy Spirit covering them and empowering them and controlling their lives. You know, things, items were sprinkled with oil, but people, they were, the oil was poured upon them. Okay. I'm glad we don't do that no more. You know, Doug, can you imagine how much oil we're going to go through when we pray for people? Man. The stains on that carpet at EHT, whoo, Pastor Brandon will have a meltdown. Yeah, yeah, pour it, pour it, you know? So, and it says to consecrate them. This means that the, the, the oil set Aaron and his sons apart. If something is consecrated, then it's set apart for God's service. Once you, with oil, that, you know, the oil was, was sprinkled on the tabernacle. And when it was sprinkled on the tabernacle, it wasn't just a tent anymore. Now it was a tabernacle. When oil was sprinkled on the altar, you know, it was, it wasn't just a fire pit anymore. Now it was a consecrated thing. Aaron was no longer just a man. But he was the high priest of the living God. And like these ancient priests, every one of us who are believers, we have an anointing that we may receive and walk in in faith. First John 2.20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Are you guys seeing the the, the 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 comparison between the priest and us? Like we have the same anointing, the same con uh, consecration. Verse 14, Aaron and his sons, they laid their hands on the head of the bull. The washing at the door of the tabernacle was only one aspect of the symbolic cleansing from sin. There also had to be punishment of the guilty. And this happened in the sin offering. As Aaron and his sons, they, they laid their hands on the bull. They were symbolically transferring their sin onto the bull. And like, like these ancient, ancient priests, every one of us, we can only be consecrated to God through sacrifice. And our, case, our, our consecration should be greater be, than it was for Aaron and his sons because it was made through a, a greater sacrifice, a sacrifice of God's son, the sacrifice of Jesus. Aaron and his sons, they were... They were consecrated through a sacrifice from a bull. We were consecrated through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So how much greater is our consecration? How much greater of priests are we than even Aaron and his sons? Don't take the anointing that's on your life lightly. It is so important. He says, then he took the blood and put some of, on the horns of the altar all around with his finger and purified the altar. The altar was sanctified with the blood of the sin offering. The best of the animal was burnt before the Lord and offered to God. The rest was, the rest was taken outside the camp and destroyed. This offering said, we have failed to give our best to God. This animal now gives its best to atone for our failure. And we decide to live now giving our best even as this animal, which dies in our place, they were acknowledging the sacrifice of this animal. The idea for the, the ancient um, Hebrew word for altar is the killing place. See, we like to use a nice word altar, right? Altar sounds good. But if we were to go to church and be like, we're going to go to the altar and pray, you know, but we said, we're going to go to the killing place and pray. 
people might get a little weirded out, right? But essentially for the ancient Hebrews, the altar is where the sacrifices were done. It was the killing place. It was a place of death, but it was made holy through sacrifice. And it was consecrated to God. And so like that ancient altar, the altar of the new covenant, which is the cross, is transformed from a place of death to a place set apart to bring life. Because it's at the cross that Jesus gave his life for us and set us apart. And so now that place of death brings life. Amen. That's a, come on, that's, that's a, that's powerful right there. Verse 21, Moses burned the whole ram on the altar. The ram was completely burned before the Lord with his blood sprinkled on the altar. And this, this demonstration of total commitment to the Lord only came after the first three aspects of the ceremony, the cleansing, the atoning, and the atonement excuse me, the anointing and the atonement. Without these things settled first, we cannot truly give ourselves to God. Have you been cleansed? Have you been anointed by the Holy Spirit? Has your sins been atoned for? Once that takes place, we've truly given ourselves to God. We've truly set ourselves apart to God. Verse 22, the second ram, the ram of consecration, Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. After the atonement for sin had been made through the sin offering and the burnt offering, it was then time for the sacrifices and ceremonies that would actually consecrate the priests. Like the previous sacrifices of atonement, these began with identification with the, sacri with the, uh, the sacrificial victim, the animals that were going to be sacrificed. The theme of, of connecting to and identifying with the sacrificial victim did not end with the atoning of sin. It was the core principle of their, their consecration, the priestly service. In the same way, our connection to an identification with Jesus and his him being crucified does, doesn't end where our sins are forgiven. That's something we got to continue to remember. That's why we have communion like we had this past weekend. So we can remember and reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. It's constant, especially regard with our priestly service. We cannot forget the sacrifice that Jesus, that Jesus made for us. We cannot take that for granted. And too often we take it for granted. You know, we don't, we, we forget what God did for us because we're, we're just serving, 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 serving. But we need it. That's why when we have communion, we like to kind of, let, 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 let's calm things down. Let's take a moment. In my opinion, it's so important that we do it in the middle of worship because we'll be worshiping, worshiping. Okay, we're worshiping. We're going to continue worship, but we're going to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made through communion. Now, this last verse I'm going to cover, verse 23, uh, before I close, um, was very interesting to me. And, and, and I think it's very important that we cover. It says, he took some of its blood and put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear. Now, what kind of nonsense is this, right? You're going to put it on the ear. You're going to put it on the finger. You're going to put it on the on the big the big toe of the right foot. Like that makes why? Like, but to express the idea of consecration, blood from the ram was was placed on the ear, the thumb, and the toe of the priest, and it, it was it was the blood of the lamb, not the wool, not the not the fat. It was the blood. God wanted the life 
of the sacrificial victim to mark his consecrated priests. Leviticus 17.11 is, is, uh, ex- expresses this, this, this principle. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. God wanted the life of the sacrificial victim to be evident in the body of the priests. And these consecrated priests were, were stained with the blood of sacrifice. Why? Because they should hear differently because the blood was on their ear. They should work differently because the blood was on their thumb. And they should walk differently because the blood was on their toe. Do you hear differently? Do you work differently? Do you walk differently because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you? You really should. Because if you're not, that goes back to to, to not remembering what he did for you. The way we carry ourselves needs to be different. The way we interact with people needs to be different. When someone comes to you and they want to talk to you, you should listen to them differently. You should, all these things need to be done through the lens of the Holy Spirit. It was applied to the right hand, ear, hand, and foot, the right side. Not because God felt that now they could, they could do whatever they wanted with their left side, right? It was because the right side in ancient times was considered superior. And even if you go to the Middle East right now, the right side is considered um, superior, you know, if you if you go to the Middle East right now, one of the things we learned um, during one of my multiple deployments, if you if you're sitting and you're talking to someone from over there, a lot of us we sit we cross our cross our legs, right? If you're, you know, you cross your legs, but if your foot, the bottom of your foot, is facing these individuals, it is is an insult to them because it's it's like we're saying we're superior to them. So the right side is so important. It's considered superior. The right side is considered with more strength, more skill. And the the, the point that God made with the right side is that God wanted their best. He wanted their best dedicated to them, to, to him. So as we close right now, brothers and sisters, are you giving God your best? You have been consecrated. You have been anointed as priests of the kingdom of God. You do not have to have the title of pastor or minister or bishop or whatever title to be a priest of God. You can just sit outside greeting people. You can even be washing the toilets of the church. You are a priest of God. Male, female, priest of God. It does not matter. You've been anointed. You've been consecrated. And God, all he asks is for you to do your best. Do your best. And God handles everything else. A lot of us, we we, we, we cry out to God, God, why? God, help me. God, 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 God. What are you doing? What work are you doing to accomplish the mission? God has put something on your heart. There's some, there's probably multiple people on this call that God has put something in their heart for them to accomplish. And God's waiting for you to do your part so he can take care of the rest. We don't just pray and say, God, help me with the situation. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to chill. 
No, because you've been consecrated to hear differently, to work differently, to walk differently. And when you do this and you do your part, God does the rest. The priests, they had to go through all the ceremonies every single year for, for, to, for the atonement of sins and the forgiveness of sins. And then God did the rest. You have to do your part, brothers and sisters. So I'm going to encourage you as you go about your day, whether you're working, you're going to school, you're dealing with your kids, whatever it is, listen differently, work differently, and walk differently as God has called you to do. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you chose us. You sent your son as the ultimate sacrifice so that we can be your holy priesthood, your royal priesthood here on earth, Father. So, Father, I do pray that as we go about our day, that we will listen to people differently. We will work differently. We will walk differently. Everything we do, we will do it unto you. We will do it for you as our act of worship. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters on this call, for everyone listening right now or listening later on on the, on the blog or, or on the podcast. Father, I pray that you would, just, you would just speak to their hearts, Lord God. Show them where they need to make adjustments, where they need to change. What do they need to cons consecrate to you? Father, we just thank you for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you for what you're doing in, in Fusion Church, Father. Father, we just praise you for what you're doing. We praise you. We praise you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. This was a good one. Don't forget who you are. You are a royal priesthood. Do everything differently. Amen. God bless.